Hello everyone and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. More details are available on our website which is www.refinerylife.org. And this week we're continuing our series from the book of James titled The Practical Expression of our faith in daily living. And today we're going to talk about those who please God. The text we're concentrating on is James 2, 8 through to 9, that says, If, however, you are really fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, if you have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, prejudice, favoritism, you are committing a sin and are convicted by the law as offenders. And the scripture we're going to read through is James 2, 1 through to 10. It talks about the sin of partiality. Let's read it together. My fellow believers, do not practice your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of partiality towards people. Show no favoritism, no prejudice, and no snobbery. For if a man comes into your meeting place wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in dirty clothes also comes in, and you pay special attention to the one who wears the fine clothes, and say to him, you sit here in this good seat, and you tell the poor man, you stand over there, or you sit down on the floor by my footstool. You have, have you not discriminated among yourselves, and become judges with wrong motives? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith, and as believers to be heirs of the kingdom, which he promises to those who love him? But you, in contrast, have dishonoured the poor man who is not the rich, who oppress and exploit you, and personally drag you into the courts of law. Do they not blaspheme the precious name of Christ by which you are called? If, however, you are really fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture, you shall have your neighbour as yourself. You shall love your neighbour as yourself, sorry. That is, if you have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, prejudice, favouritism, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as offenders. For whoever keeps the law but stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of breaking it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you have become guilty of transgressing the entire law. Speak and act consistently as people who are going to be judged by the law of liberty, the moral law that frees obedient Christians from the bondage of sin. For judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. But to the one who has shown mercy, mercy triumphs victoriously over judgment. Wow. As we have discussed earlier in the series, the epistle of James is possibly the most practical book on how to live out our faith of all the scriptures. James made no attempt to teach theology. He left that to the others. Being a pastor dealing with individuals day after day, he was far more concerned with the application and expression of the Christian faith. In many respects, this chapter may be considered the heart of James's message, for in it he gave a description of the character of faith. He showed that the expression of this kind of faith is that which pleases God. Let's look at the precept that he set forth in verse 2-1. It's probably the most common sin 
among believers is the sin that James spelled out in this passage, showing favoritism. In fact, such a common practice that we often allow it to exist without our consciousness even bothering about it. But James is saying, in effect, do not hold the Christian faith to which every believer is saved by grace through faith, not of works. And at the same time, practice discrimination between different classes of people in the fellowship. For this is a shameful demonstration of hypocrisy. That's what he's telling us. Because we cannot know everything there is to know about a person, we cannot possibly judge a person correctly. The truth was driven home vividly to Peter in Cornelius' house. He'd resented the mission that God had given him to go and preach to the Gentiles. Yet when he saw what God was doing among them, he declared in Acts 10.34, Most certainly I understand now that God is not one to show partiality to people as though Gentiles were excluded from God's blessing. James spoke of having the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he drew a comparison between that and our having respect for persons. What was he saying? In essence, let there be an agreement between you what you profess has taken place on the inside of you and what you express on the outside. James was simply reiterating the general theme of his epistle. James 1.22 But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely listeners, deluding yourselves. Note that James called Jesus the Lord of glory. Jesus Christ should be the glory of every believer at all times. As we observe our fellow believers and attempted to criticize and discriminate between them, let us remember that within every believer is the glory of God in Jesus Christ. It is the same glory. And before God there is no partiality shown. Secondly, let's look at an illustration of this precept in the verses 2, 2 and 4. James painted the picture of two men coming to church. One was a rich man, well-dressed, in good stature in his community. The other was a poor man, dressed like he was living within his meagre means. And then James showed hypothetically how he might treat these two worshippers in church. From the descriptions of the men, it's unlikely that either of them was a believer. Yet when they arrived, the well-dressed man was shown great respect, not because of his true worth, but because of his outward appearance of wealth and position. In contrast, the poor man was treated harshly, with no warmth or compassion. James then made an application. In verse 4, he says, Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with wrong motives? It's okay to judge, but you've got to have the right motives. He was saying that it was wrong to honour the rich at the expense of the poor. Both stand on the same level before God and should be treated accordingly. And James said two things about those who practice partiality. They have made distinctions among themselves. In other words, they're at odds with themselves. And there's a wide difference between profession and practice. And they are judges with evil thoughts. James brought a serious charge against any professing believer who shows partiality or respect of persons. Third, let's see why having respect of persons is sinful. It tells us in verses 2, 5 through to 11. The principle James stated is simply, has not God shown, sorry, chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and as believers to be the heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Here he set forth three blessings that God has bestowed upon the poor. They are chosen by God. 
That's the first one. God chose them through his spirit, convicted them of sin, and drew them with love towards him. Second one is God has made the poor rich in faith. Their wealth does not consist of gold rings or fine clothes, but in faith. He said that they are heirs to the kingdom. They possess and have become part of the kingdom of God. Then James became practical. In verse 6, it says, But you have dishonored the poor man. It is, not the rich who oppre- is it not the rich who oppress you and exploit you and personally drag you into the courts of law? And not only so, but the rich were those who most blasphemed the name of Jesus. Of course, this was not a blanket condemnation of rich people. Some wealthy people in the early church were generous and faithful servants of God, just as they are today. But on the whole, this was not the case. And the principle involved is that partiality is a violation of the royal law of God. So what is the royal law? It is the law of love expressed in the command, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It is royal because Christ, the true king, created it. Verse 12 is James' conclusion in this passage. Speak and act consistently as people who are going to be judged by the law of liberty, the moral law that frees obedient Christians from the bondage of sin. James gives both an appeal and a warning here. The appeal is that obedience to the royal law is to be expressed both in speech and action. The warning is that those who show no mercy will find none at God's judgment. Verse 13 says, For judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. But to the one who has shown mercy, mercy triumphs victoriously over judgment. So how do we please God? I want you to sit on this statement this week. By showing mercy and love to all people, regardless of their station in life. That's how we please God. And I want to encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him. He can make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. And you're important to God. You know that already. But you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal His promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings.